Now yeah. we're popping. All right. It's the healing club, but it uh, doesn't seem like the sound is uh, making a lot of, you know, up and down there. It should be. Yeah. They, I can hear my. S- um, you can. You're coming through more clearly. Yeah, because I'm talking a little bit closer to mm. the mic. But if I talk a little closer, it still doesn't come in like that. It's. Um, I think it's because it's on this bottom part. What are you talking about? Uh, bottom part? I yeah. Don't I don't know. I'm never going to figure it out. That's okay. Never going to figure it out. Now it's echoing. Now it's like we're talking in the hallway. Okay. Um, Trey Campbell is here on the on the podcast. Uh, uh, his t-shirt says the Cocteau Twins. He's a fan of um, the Beach House, that Correct. band. And he has been doing stand-up for... A couple of years, it seems like. Uh, all right. Yeah, that sounds about right. You want to turn the echo down a little? Okay. Here we go. That's much better. All right. That's that. Right. That works for a good intro, though. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have uh, some stuff in common. I I don't know if I I've never been tested for autism, but I feel like I might have a a little bit of a uh, Aspergers or something. Could be. Know. Yeah. I mean, looking yeah. at this this. Uh, this place i could see it oh uh, yeah i like it though it, but it, what are I the signs you're you you have autism correct and how do you know um so basically what i've noticed the i guess the signs that have been more prevalent is my hyper fixations on things um and i guess my lack of eye contact um i've been stimming a lot which is like a lot of rapid hand movements or, you know, stuff like that. Stemming. What is that? That's like uh, science, technology, engineering, sort of. math. Yeah. That, that, um, but yeah, but that, that's, that that's... is one meaning of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but um, stemming in the way that you said it was, uh, yeah, ha- fidgeting your hands. I'd never yeah. heard that term before. It's sort of like when a lot of those people carry fidget spinners, it, it kind of centers me a little bit. Okay. So for me, what I you sh- sorry, we'll edit that out in post. What I, I won't. No, you won't. All right, no. cool. What I like to um to stem with is I usually carry it around a wire coat hanger, um like one of those coat hangers with cardboard at the bottom. I would pull the the hanger out from the cardboard and I would just carry that around and I guess I just kind of shake it. A little bit, and that would really center me. And, yeah, and I've me. never seen you walking around with a wire hanger. That's true. I don't walk around in public, but I, I have some in my car. Oh, yeah, okay. I have a bunch in my car. Right. It's ridiculous. There's too just, many. Just uh, so that's the. Now, you said you saw some signs of an autistic personality or temperament, or uh, my hyperfixations. What, what do you see as hyperfixations? Can you explain that a little? Yeah, well, a lot of the times, you know, people like me on the spectrum will have one topic that we really zero in on, you know, and like for me, it's always been like racing or um, sports and music have been kind of the big three. But overall, like, if I start talking about like racing or or sports, I'll just start info dumping, uh-huh. and I'll just kind of talk about that like, and people get kind of to where they don't want to hear about it anymore. 
I do that too. Yeah, 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 I could, I could, I could see it. Um, yeah. And my interactions with you, I could tell. Oh, yeah. Okay. And a lot of the times, um, you know, a, a lot of it's social sort. A lot of social anxiety kind of falls on the, I guess, in the spectrum. They've broadened the spectrum so goddamn much. Now everybody's included. Yeah. It's okay. ridiculous. Yeah, people like me are like, hey, yeah, I hate talking. Do? I don't know. Yeah, I, I read a book today and nobody wants me to hear it. I, I think you got it, though. I think uh, of all the people that, that fake saying they have it, I think <laughs> oh. you have a pretty good case. Whoa. Oh, okay. Not to say that's a bad thing. I think all most right. autistic people, they want to be like me. Oh, yeah? Like, like super cool? Yeah. Well, yeah. not like me, but like people who are autistic, like they, they know a bunch of shit. And they were like, I want to know a bunch of shit, too. Uh, Rain Man made it look really cool. No, he didn't. That's, it didn't? That looked like a miserable life. He's living in an assisted living facility. That is true, but to he can't, him... He can't keep a job. But to him, that was perfect. Nobody's ever going to love... like make, Nobody's going to make love to him because he's just going to count their pores or whatever. Or right. Like, uh, he's just impossible. In that. I don't know. It, it's I, I don't think Rain Man was supposed to be cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either, if that's, but uh... it's worked. I mean, he knew all this stuff about NASA or about oh. numbers and shit. Drops yeah. some toothpicks, he'll count all of them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. See, I, I never thought I was that like that far gone. Yeah. No, you you I might feel just... like I'm a little socially yeah adept. I can handle people. I talk to folks. I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. I've noticed like um, usually um, you kind of have the people you see and you just. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Oh, wait. I have people that are like safe people. I'm like, I yeah, don't want yeah, to talk yeah. to anybody but the sort safe of. Pe people I know. People I've But I feel like that. that's everybody in, yeah. in comedy. That's just human. Yeah. I don't think that's autism. I think <laughs> yeah. just, you just have your friends that you know. Yeah. I do that too. I know. That's I gravitate toward uh, people who accept me. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's perfectly understandable. I do that too. I've been lucky in that regard, though, that a lot of people have been really supportive. Mm. But I get I get super fixated on routines like in Rain Man. Yeah, me like, too. Like I I have to uh, wake up at two, and uh, then read my book for about an hour or two, and then go to work. Yeah, I and, I think uh, we yeah that that sounds about right. I I have a routine too. I wake up at like nine thirty. Oh yeah. And I uh, I'll take a a really long bath, mm -hmm. and then I'll I'll go and. Um, I guess I'll I'll ch I'll go on Wikipedia and see who died. I always check the death report. Yeah, like I always check my Facebook statuses from uh, years back. Me too. And just to see who liked them, but has since unfriended me. Oh wow! I never thought of it like that's, that's uh, actually really smart. <laughs> I do a, that too. Though. It's this very smart thing that I do. Yeah, I do that too. I go back and I look at my memories, and I but it's just to see how cringe I was. Yeah, in, that, in those days. I also am really mm. fixated on birthdays too. Yeah, like it's somebody's birthday. I got to say happy birthday if they're important enough. Oh, I make that decision every day. Really? Do I, I want to say happy birthday to this person? Five out of six times, it's no. Yeah, no, totally. Well, yeah, I'm just like, oh, I'll stay friends with you, but uh, I'm not going to wish you a happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I think that if they wouldn't ri wish me a happy birthday, I'm not going to. Yeah. Gonna, for a couple of years, that. though, it seemed like, uh, I, I guess I saw John Wesling in, like, 2012 say, thanks for the birthday wishes. I can't believe I got 500 people to say right. happy birthday to me on my birthday. And it seems like now... 
you know, maybe a hundred people. Yeah, that's say, a bit say happy birthday. But I just, I just remember him saying, like, bragging about saying five hundred people wished me a happy birthday, and I felt so small because it's never happened to me. Nobody's wished you a happy birthday. Not five hundred people. I haven't had that many. That is a I, lot of people. I want to get feel like, like he, ex- uh, he uh, inflated the numbers. No, he probably got those numbers legit style. Yeah, he he was uh, he was on top of the world. He was a whiskey brother. Yeah, him and uh, yeah. Bob yeah. Mungle. Yeah, like Rob Mungle. Yeah, yeah, Rob Mungle. I call Bob Mungle. Mr. Bungle. Yeah, great yeah. man. That's yeah. my email address, actually. Is it really? Yeah, Don't Mr. share that. Okay, we'll bleep that out. <laughs> okay. We won't. We're not bleeping uh, that out. Yeah, you're gonna get spammed. Yeah, but no. Yeah, just email me at Mr. Bungle. Yeah, that's it. Not, not like nothing hotmail, else. Giant yeah. Gmail. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, just Mr. Bungle. I'm yeah. the only. I had to really fight Mike <laughs> yeah. Patton for that. Uh, yeah, at yeah. that that like total. Um, I loved Mike Patton when I was growing up. I used to love Faith No More. Me too. Yeah, and um, they really. They had they didn't have that much material really though they didn't have that much content the faith no more you know when it comes they, down yeah. to it you know uh, they 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 had like five albums yeah that's about right with, I uh, think they came out with a, a there's like different um, phases to faith no more you yeah know, you there's had that the, first album with that first singer yeah they they had I think they I think Courtney Love was in Faith No More at one point wow I didn't know that but, that's uh, crazy to think about yeah. Insane. Yeah, but, but but like they had like seven singers, I think. Uh, All of them are just kind of like nobodies that they didn't put an album out with. But then they had Chuck Mosley for the first two albums, and then they got Mike Patton. Chuck Mosley's the guy who sang like "We Care a Lot." Exactly. Okay, and then uh, that was their first album. I think they had like a seven inch or something before that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Patton. Changed the dynamic of that band big time. He made it sort of like a an avant garde type uh, metal type band. But the other it was Jim Martin, yeah, the guitar the guitarist, player. Yeah. yeah, I didn't name my cat Martin after Jim Martin. Yeah, I figured I figured it was like an Arthur or something. I named him after uh, the George A. Romero movie Martin. Oh, okay, I haven't seen that. It's really good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about a guy who's a. He he thinks he's a vampire, but he's not actually a vampire. When did that come out? 75, 76, oh, really? something like that. And uh, he kills people to drink their blood as if he were a vampire, but he's not actually a vampire. He's just a guy yeah. thinking he's a vampire. And it's it's like scary that he would be. But uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's a real mental illness that, um, that an actual person would have, but in this movie it works. Yeah, no. In this I, movie, I, it seems like... You a, sympathize with the man yeah, that like, thinks he's the vampire. That he has to do this. Yeah, yeah I get that. I gotta watch. Who directed that again? George uh, Romero. Oh, really? Is this like a, is this a, a, a European film or is it an American film? It's American. He made Night of the Living Dead. It's, oh, it's, okay, uh, yeah. it's Pittsburgh. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Is that on Max? I don't know what it's on. I've I've seen it a hundred times. I've uh, I'll just rent I used, it. Yeah, I used to rent it from Blockbuster. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I miss Blockbuster. So do I. I miss getting the blue gumball and you get a free rental. I used to work there. Did you really? Yeah. That sounds, that, that kind of, that seems like a Bob Morrissey type job. 
I worked at a couple video stores. I worked Did you a... work at all the, the pornography video stores, too, or just Blockbuster? Just a Blockbuster. I don't know. Uh... I figured you worked at a pornography video store and then graduated into your current job. Oh. Uh, no, I worked at a uh, this, this independent video store called Diaco Video in the 90s. It didn't have real porn, but it had like softcore yeah. porn yeah. in a separate room. Skinamax. With, yeah, with like yeah. a bead curtain, you know, separating the regular movies. And you would hear somebody go into the be- the curtained room. Yeah. And uh, sounds about right. It had like, yeah. you know, a bell you know, that, that would ring if somebody walked in there. Just... That's going to be humiliating. <laughs> Walking into a porn and, uh, room. My cousin, who's developmentally disabled, uh, lived with us after her parents died when I was about 15. She moved in and uh, she was working at the grocery store next to the video store where I was working. And she was bagging groceries. And then when her shift was over, I was working after school at the video store. And there was nobody there around like 6 p.m. Right. And uh, she walked in and I saw where she was going. Oh, and boy. I knew what she was doing. Uh oh. And then I heard the beard, the beaded curtains separate, and she walked into the the X-rated room. It's not really X-rated, but the R-rated room, the right. sex movie room. And and I just, you know, I watched as soon as as soon as she was in there, I was like, Amy. Yeah, did she <laughs> know she, where she, she was really, going? She was like, Whoa! She, didn't know where <laughs> she, she knew was exactly going. where she was going. So she was trying to go, like, <laughs> she was uh, trying to get, like, get some, some, like, a uh, Brad Pitt shirt. She, uh, when she moved in, she put a poster of Brad Pitt shirtless up on her wall. Was this like the Fight Club era, Brad Pitt? <laughs> it, was, it was before that. It was like '95 oh. or something. It was like the River Runs Through It era. Oh, okay. Brad was, Pitt, where he was so handsome. Was Was yeah. he in one of those movies where like all those like uh, male leads are getting like filleted by some old dude? Because there was like a string of those type of movies where like all these young, attractive dudes in the '90s were like getting banged out by like old dudes for money. Like to get on movies? Or no, in like real in, life in, or in the in... movie. Which movies are you thinking of? You know, like Basketball Diaries. Oh, yeah. My Own Private Idaho. Okay. That one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't think that one was... Mysterious Skin. That was like 2005. That was like 05. But like there was all these movies where like all these like young, attractive dudes were just getting banged out by these old dudes for money. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all sorts of prostitute movies. Yeah. There's just a couple gay ones. My Own Private Idaho is is one of the great... Uh, films of our time. I, I agree. Say. I, I loved it. Yeah, yeah it was I, a great film. One of the most heartbreaking uh, stories of uh, the what's the unrequited love? Yeah, which but, is the worst feeling in the world. Because uh, River Phoenix was attracted to the other dude, to Keanu. Yeah, to Keanu and Keanu. But, but like, Keanu was like, no thanks. Yeah, boys don't <laughs> and, do that or yeah. something. Yeah, was... I I watched that the other day, my yeah. own private Idaho, because I I went on like a River Phoenix type like movie, sort of. I was watching a lot of River Phoenix movies, and yeah. by a lot I mean just my own private Idaho. You didn't watch I Love You to Death. That's the one I that was in the queue. Did you watch uh, Stand by Me? That one's probably his his uh, breakout role, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where the train yeah. comes, right? 
Yeah, and then there's like a day in the life of Jimmy Reardon. Yeah. I gotta watch like he didn't have a lot of films, yeah. right? And there was uh what was that the, the the country music uh the the Nashville's one uh with Samantha Morton and Sandra Bullock in an early role. I don't know. Uh what the hell's that movie called? Oh, oh you you know I gotta watch is uh Running on Empty. Oh, okay. That's is a that good like one. a travel? Is that like where he's trying to find himself? And that's like... where uh, he and his parents are. Uh, his parents play by Judd Hirsch, and you know I forget who plays his mom, but they're um, political terrorists oh. on the run since the seventies. Oh, that sounds cool. Who had cool. a baby, and then in the eighties, they uh, they they just travel from town to town in different identities, and they they're like uh, they they were um, student activists who set off bombs yeah. and then escape justice but then for 20 years just tried to yeah just raise to, a family yeah. and and keep their uh leave their terrorist life <laughs> they were too liberal yeah uh, but it's like liberals on the run for 20 years it's a pretty good movie yeah that's um, that sounds pretty cool there's a lot of movies you know about that i that i don't know about well i worked at a video store that is true and so I, I guess that makes sense yep and i i, I did work at a half price books and that was just, I could, I, I would have liked to have been a librarian. I bet that you could still do it. Nah, I'm too old. It's, uh, Is there like an you age? Gotta go get a master's degree. You for gotta it. get a master's degree to work in a library. Yeah, that's crazy. And I uh, guess you gotta really know the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, I guess. Uh, at the, I don't know if the if the job is simplified as of uh, the last couple generations with everything being on the yeah. internet and. Uh, categorized but well, you gotta i'm surprised there, there's a there's a lot of librarians need to know i'm sure i'm surprised you have to have a full-blown master's degree that i feel like you could just get a certificate and be good yeah that's because nobody goes to the library anymore that's, you know yeah. anybody who goes to a library do kids even go to libraries mainly just school? people that want to get on the internet yeah don't have internet yeah them and want to like jerk off on the internet i guess i don't know yeah that was the the 90s when I first uh, started to realize that the library was where the hobos go to jack off. Yeah. And uh seems like you don't need a master's degree to, yeah, to be no. in charge of that. You don't need that at all. You don't, you don't but, even I don't even think you'd need a certificate. It seems you like shouldn't a pretty entry to. level. Yeah. Seems like you should just uh libraries are things of the past. It's it kind of a yeah. lost art yeah. libraries. Yeah, we're uh we're living in a world where nobody cares about libraries. It's sad because libraries are, are in a, a pivotal um, yeah. Yeah, they're, part of people's development. They should be a part of the community. Yeah, you it, would it think. should be like uh, you know a place to. I don't need to. I, I probably shouldn't. I'm obsessed with buying books at like Goodwill and right. different. I I I I, spend, I go to Goodwill, but I also go to bookstores and yeah. I just love looking through books and titles and. Uh, Sometimes I even like that even more than reading. Yeah. You know, just going to the bookstore and looking at all the books. Yeah, that that's I used to do that too. Like I would just kind of look at the pictures. I, there would always be this book about baseball stadiums. Yeah. And I'd just kind of sit there and look at the baseball stadiums. And then I'd just put the ba book back and never buy it. And then when they bought it for me, my grandma finally bought me the book. I just never read it. I've uh, already seen the baseball stadiums. I don't really need to see it anymore. Your grandma. Yeah. I don't have any. I have, I have some grandma memories. She died when I was 19. Oh, really? But uh, she lived with us when I was a little kid. She lived with us until I was 
seven. You're from Houston, right? No. Oh. I'm from Chicago. Chicago. Nice. Yeah. How'd you end up here? After I got out of the Army, I um, went broke living in New Orleans. Nice. And then I knew a friend who was driving a taxi here who got me a job doing that. And then I just moved to Texas to drive a taxi. And uh, I did that for five years and went to school, and got a history degree, and then worked the half-price books and waited tables and started stand-up. And there, here we are, yeah. last 20 years. For someone who who, like, who who doesn't like talking to people, you sure had a lot of social-type jobs. Driving like, a taxi and Waiting stuff. tables. Yeah. Yeah. I, and and I, I host a podcast. Yeah. That seems from. like, uh, you know. When did you start doing this? Uh, Three years ago. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it's that would make sense. I, I was wondering. You said two hundred and fifty podcasts. I was like, you could have just started this now. Oh. And just do two hundred and fifty podcasts like recently. No, like, no. A year ago, you'd be doing one like every day. Yeah, for a little bit, I was doing one every day. I was so bored. Cool. It, pandemic, no job. I was just uh, wait. It's going on. Four years since the pandemic started. Scary. Oh, the podcast is coming up to four years. That's good though. Like it's been, oh, it's boy. been a good hobby for you. I'm yeah, right? yeah. It hasn't really made me famous though. Nah, yeah. The the, the thing is, it's, it's they're all just too. There's too many. There's yeah, too many. There's, there's nobody listening. It's yeah. uh, yeah, it's just a circle jerk. But it does kind of feel good to to like it. it kind of makes you feel like you're on your own little radio station. Yeah, and it does it does prepare you for it's good to have people's voices. I I I'm really glad that I recorded and this is morbid or whatever or ghoulish, but uh I think it's nice to have had some recordings of Scotty Peterson and yeah. uh Brian Hersey and right. uh Judea Driscoll and some other like like once people die, it's nice to have their yeah, voice recorded in a place where you can hear them again. Yeah. Even though do you really want to hear? I'm, I'm like, I want to remember Scotty, but do I really want to remember that conversation we had that was kind of funny, but not like <coughs> it's not like it, it's just a good. You can hear his voice, right? But it's not like hanging out with him. No, yeah, and and I guess um, to an extent, it is important though to have those memories. Yeah, you like I guess if you if somebody's passed away, you'll only remember like all the. The things you're fond of, and if you yeah. can remember some of the things that weren't as perfect as you remember that person being, it, I guess it kind of humanizes it. Yeah, and it's nice to have a like to go back and listen to an episode with uh, Brian Hersey or that uh, Judea Driscoll episode. I wouldn't. She was fucked up when she right. did this podcast, and um, there are a couple of points where I don't know. It's okay to talk about it now because yeah. what are they going to fire her? She's dead. Whatever. Yeah, but no, I uh, that. she she did cocaine bumps. Yeah, between like she was she was just like on the podcast going. Yeah, well, if you don't do <laughs> cocaine on your podcast, what do you? Why have one? I don't uh, like. I don't do cocaine, but it you know, yeah. Like, if you're going to do cocaine in front of me, what am I going to call the cops? No, obviously uh, not. I just don't talk about it on the podcast unless you're dead. Right. And, uh, no, but, I get that. But, I've had people do bumps before while I'm recording a podcast. It's yeah. Been, uh, I mean, it is it is what it is. We're not going to mention it, but like it's happened, you know. Uh-huh. It's just, 
it's just part of like being a comic, I guess, in the city. Is being yeah, I don't like. God damn, I cannot handle cocaine. I don't either. I didn't I, do enough. I don't. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I didn't do enough to have a the 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 last time I did cocaine was probably New Year's Eve this year. It was me and Timely. Well, oh. Timely didn't do cocaine, but I just you were I hanging just, out with her. Yeah, I was hanging out with Timely, and we shot uh, bottle rockets oh. over across from the secret group. And you did cocaine by I yourself. Did. Yeah, it was in only a corner, me. In it was a corner nobody by yourself. Else. Yep. With uh, you know, I, I I I just can't stand how I talk or what I sound like when I. I it's like I I see only the worst of myself if I do coke. Yeah, I'm no. hyper aware of how bad I am. Yeah, and you don't want to see the worst of yourself. That's what I worry about if I ever do hallucinogens because I'm worried I'm going to only see what's bad about my life and what I do wrong, and that's why I've avoided it, I guess. Yeah, I've never done DMT. I've, I've, My girlfriend did DMT. She said it really fucked her up. Oh. she's She said she did it multiple times with, it, like, a shady drug dealer. It made her super unhappy, or how did it fuck her? It made her go, like, oh, it's all a waste, or it's a, yeah, no, I think we're it, all gonna die. And... It scared her because she said she was, like, in a black room or something. Yeah. It was, like... You know, it was like she 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 could see outside of herself, and yeah. I don't know if I want to go through that realm. I did LSD when I was seventeen, and my my friends played a prank on me, or they started talking to me and said like, "Hey, we're gonna uh, uh get out of here, but uh, before we go, do you want to get in the box?" I was like, "What's a box? You don't have to get in the box, but you're gonna get out of here and." You want to leave? You want to get in the box? Right. Did you get in the box? They talked me into the, getting into the trunk of their car. Oh, okay. And I thought there was like I a, was like, like I, an actual I, but, cardboard but I, box. But I had to... I, had to, I was like, is it okay? They're like, yeah, of course it's okay. Well, it's fine, yeah. They made me want to do it. Yeah. And then, then I realized I was in the trunk of a car and I was like, hey, what the fuck? And it was then, just you doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then, you got uh, some bad friends. They all laughed though. at me. And, yeah. uh, and it was pretty funny. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> Man, I can't believe... That must have been like a, a different era when people would just put friends in their trunk. <laughs> Nowadays, they just take Instagram reels of you and make fun of you that way. But, damn, yeah. that's that's scary. And then that same night, I called my mom, told her I was on acid. How'd she react? What the hell? She was, like, so mad. Yeah. She was, like... And then the ne- I forgot that I told her the next day, and... Uh, then she was like, "So I hear you were on acid." I was like, "Who told you that? You did." <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. like, um. there's always um, any the, when I first started like getting high on weed, like when I first started smoking, I would get to the point to where I was like, "Should I call somebody and tell?" Like because I never knew what that feeling was like, so I was like, "Should I call my mom and tell her that yeah. I'm high?" Like, I'm gonna die. There's always there's always those weird feelings that you're like, yeah. should I call my mom? And but then you're like, no. Yeah, but I do remember calling my mom and talking to her and telling her I was on LSD. She was like, "Okay, you're gonna be all right. You're gonna be in a lot of trouble tomorrow." Yeah, that's what I but worry it's okay. about. You're not doing. gonna die. Yeah, I'm your mother. I'm just gonna kill you when you're not high anymore. So this was when you were like 17. Yeah. So you started doing this like young. Yeah, I started smoking cigarettes when I was like twelve, and then I, uh, my friends were all the burnouts, and I got kicked out of my 
public school, or I got pulled out of the public school because I was caught smoking cigarettes when I was in seventh grade. Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. do it. And then, um, and then I, my parents, uh, they didn't kick me out, but I got sent to this punitive uh, school, this uh, Opus Dei Catholic school, which is like the right wing fascist right Catholic school. Yeah, school. Yeah, it was yeah. like a. I went to a right wing fascist uh, school in seventh and eighth grade, and uh, like theocracy school. We, right. had to, we had to wear a suit yeah. to school, and 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 that made me reject God. I get that. That's when I went like these people are nuts. I don't like their inhumanity toward others. And we, I was there. There were kids who were so pro life. There was a yeah. pro life club. That makes sense. And, that sounds um, about right. And the kids would go. The kids in the pro life club would go to abortion clinics with and, like and yeah. with, with the that's, banners and the signs. That's of the, the only place that could happen. Yeah, no, you couldn't do <laughs> like, that in public school. They would be like, "No, yeah, not taking that risk." Um, that's the only place you could do it. But our, our right wing fascist uh, educators really believed in uh, what they were doing and and how they were molding our minds and uh, right. And that's that's when I rebelled. Right. And and I I did something terrible where like well I didn't even start it. We were in study hall and this one kid, Paul Pasquazi, just started saying penis. Right. Like under his breath, penis. And then uh some other kid said penis. And then in the whole room was going penis louder and louder, somebody else saying penis. And then until it got to a point where, you know, everybody was yelling penis right. <laughs> penis. And then um, the the homeroom instructor demanded to know. He said, "I need who said the first penis." That's so crazy. And then I stood up and I said, "Penis." You really took a stand just to be funny. Yeah, I, I didn't even say it first, but uh, I thought it would be really funny to stand up and go, "Penis." <laughs> and, That's uh, good. You took a stand. And then for I got then I got I got kicked out of class. Where'd you go? Where did I got, they send you? I got like sent to, the... to detention later in the day, and uh, and the 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 proctor in charge of the detention after school, he uh, he, he talked like this. He had like a really uh, uh, one of these type of voices. So he sounds like those, Arnold. Uh, a bit, yeah. yeah, just I can't really like Henry Kissinger type. So he's of, like an uh, Italian. He, and he called me a, a rebel. Right. He said, you're a rebel, but uh, a good rebel. That's good. At least he had your back. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say you were a bad but, rebel. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was one of the nicest things anybody. In retrospect, I think like uh, he thought the episode was a little cute, like stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's like, okay. Good stuff. Yeah. But he's like, that kid's got uh, moxie. Yeah, I like <laughs> that him. kid's got. Uh, he's gonna go, he's gonna go places. He's gonna yeah. drive a taxi in five years. He's gonna host a dumb podcast. I like the, this podcast. I like it too. Yeah. I just uh, I don't know. I just I don't know. I just I just I I I get these visions of myself at my age. Going, what would I have thought of myself twenty years ago if I would have seen it turn out to be just this? Yeah. And, no, uh, I think I feel like we all get those visions, but Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's going well. You got your own slice of happiness in here and I got a little cat. I got yeah. Martin. Yeah. You got you you're in a, in a you got a lot of f- fulfillment out of doing it though, right? Doing this podcast that 
Yeah, yeah, it's nice to have something to leave behind. Yeah, even though if it's just an oral uh, history of the Houston comedy scene and it, yeah, over the last like three or four years. That is true. I mean, it in in a sense, like something's gonna happen. Like one of the the stati- the statistics are going to say that one of these Houston comics are gonna like do something. Yeah, and, and already you, a couple of them have done something. Yeah. Like, Zahid Devji has been yeah, on the podcast. Zahid sucks, yeah. He, uh, he, yeah, Zahid sucks, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he writes for The Tonight Show. He's doing great. Yeah. I saw and... him, my favorite Zahid memory at Skankfest. He came up to me, he's like, why do you look like you're always typed for Christmas? And I was like, well, you know, there's, there's uh, supply chain issues, so I'm not so hyped about it. it Wait, well, you always look like you're what for Christmas? He's a, he's like, you always look like you're psyched for Christmas. Oh, you yeah. look like you're happy about Christmas yeah, and no Santa God. and elves yeah. in the mall and, uh, you know, Christmas time music with Mariah Carey and... Uh, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't stand Yeah, visions of snowflakes and visions of reindeer. I guess that, yeah, I guess that's what he thought. like, uh, you know... Keep an advent calendar yeah. at your house and oh, he different was, chocolate every day. Yeah, he's like, a, love, I'm uh, a jolly character. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he was thinking of uh, Bad Santa when he saw me. Yeah, he thought you were Thurman Merman. Yeah, he thought, that, which is yeah. not, and that, it's, it's an apt comparison. It's not too far off. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But I said, well, you know, there's supply chain issues this year, so I don't know. I might be not as hyped for Christmas this year. For whatever reason, he like really that really hit him. Oh, he really liked that joke. I don't. Well, know. I guess you had to be there. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> great story, Trey. <laughs> great story. But, but yeah, you never know who's gonna blow up. Is yeah, what we were talking about. That is true, and I, I do like Zaid. Um, I, I like. Um, he's always he's always been nice to me. Yeah, yeah, he's a funny dude, and uh, and it, it, he's. He's just a motivated person, and yeah. and he's capable, and he's talented. It is important to be motivated. It's not a contest, but he's winning. Yeah, no, it, it really <laughs> isn't a contest. But he's winning. Like, it's, uh, it's more of a TV show. Pretty clear. Yeah. You know, some of us are winning. Some of us are sitting here in our slice of happiness. You're winning, Bob. Some of us are. Uh... Think about it this way. There are a lot of people that would love to live in like a place by themselves with their cat. And have like, you know, a bunch of books that bring them happiness, and you know, have a good job to where they could, you know, announce names of strippers, and <laughs> it's like a lot of people would like that 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 sort of life. I think. Yeah, I think I think I do um, take for granted everything that's uh, good about my life that I get to go on stage so much, and yeah. that uh, that I have so much fun around my friends. I have good friends like. Like uh, Emily Peacock, yeah, and we're doing great. an art show together. We yeah. got that. I, I I like to I like to express myself on stage and on the page. I write and I draw and I I have a a full rich inner life, informed by all sorts of uh, well, great works of literature. Yeah, that that and, is cool. Yeah, I mean, and it is good, I guess, to get unlimited stage time because, like, you know, there's not many places you can't. Go and say, "Hey, I want to do." Kind of jump in. Yeah. What do you think of those people that bump in? Um, if it's somebody who's uh like gonna make the show better, always bump in somebody who's gonna improve the show. But then there's some times where 
I really try to not bump all the time because I feel bad if I'm going up to try new material and I bumped in and it doesn't go over well and then I feel like I've wasted everybody's time. Yeah, I feel that. And I, I don't want to be one of those people who's like, yeah, I'm great. And then I go up on stage and it sucks. I want it to you know, be great. And I yeah. want people to be if, but uh, you, open mics. I, 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 I think you, if you're, if you've been at it for a few years, you deserve to bump. That's like, true. Like if you've been at it for a few years, you're going to know how to handle it better than somebody who's only been doing it for three or four months. Yeah. So the people who've been doing it for three or four months get a little mad, but, uh, you know, you got to pay, forget your about it. Yeah. You got to pay your dues. <laughs> yeah. I get that to an extent. I used to get really mad when I first started. I was like, but when you bump, when you're, when you finally get the chance to bump in, I guess it gives you a different look on it. Mm. But I guess it is kind of an honor to get to bump in. Yeah. But when I, when I won like the, the beta bracket contest in 2013, then I had the right to bump everywhere. Yeah. I, won, I won like the best comic in Houston. So yeah. So, oh, was so that people, at like, Rudyard's? It was at uh, Clutch City Squire, which no longer exists. It was Rest a piece. Yeah, it was at uh, this bar in downtown that had like an upstairs. It felt like a Rudyard's type of setup, but uh, of like you know, upstairs seats separate uh, separated from the you know, like the only people there were there to watch the show. Right. But then they did the contest the next year at this uh, market bar restaurant. Where half the people there watching the contest were ambushed by comedy. Yeah, those and, are the best. And uh, I don't know. I, I I just we're 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 lucky to have such good venues now because do, when I yeah. started, the venues weren't as good. Yeah, it's 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 also good to have people come in too. Yeah, and there's people who want to watch comedy now. Whereas when I started, I was kind of just uh, talking to other comics. Yeah, or, you know. That's, yeah, and I guess that works a little bit when you're starting out talking to other comics, but, I mean, it's better to have people that are non-biased that will uh, make your joke or hate it. It's Yeah, it's better to have, like, uh, strangers, and uh, you, you feel like you... It feels good to get a compliment from a stranger better yeah, than totally. it does to get some other open micers say, good suck. Yeah. You know? I, I, I don't know. I feel like um, Seeker Group has figured it out very well. There's always people there. Like, mm. Not always, but there's always going to be at least like three or four people. Yeah, they they, they do. Uh, they've got something going on yeah. there every night. I don't know if they've got it figured out, figured out, like from a, a, a number standpoint. Yeah, I don't know how they make their money. but Yeah, uh, we don't. Well, nobody knows. <laughs> you know? All right, listen. It's a mystery. Yeah. It's a secret. Uh, I don't want to know. Yeah. Me neither, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. But as long as they, um, you know, as long as... There's always can... a crowd there and there's, yeah. a, there's a reason for the place to be there. Yeah. It's in a good location. Yeah. Which is getting better and better more and more. Yeah. Every year. Yeah. Yep. It's getting more and more expensive. Too, yep. Everything imagine. is uh, getting more and more impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was talking with uh, my boyfriend, Andy. He said something funny. He said... If I paid a pen, if if I paid any attention to politics at all, I'd literally kill myself. Right, like if I yeah. I can't pay attention to politics because then I would literally kill myself. Right, it is because, very scary. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but I pay a pen. I I pay a lot of attention to the yeah, news. That's, that you're kind of a news junkie. Yeah, yeah, and I like to 
I like to read about history and uh, and and see what's what's been tried and what's been learned and unlearned and repeated and you know which reasserts itself in right. cycles and how yeah. we're whatever time we're in right now just seems like maybe we're on the cusp of perhaps the darkest time in all of human history and could be yeah and i think nobody's really willing to accept that reality we all just want to pretend yeah, don't to be look up let's just not care yeah that uh there's uh, a lot of people with nihilistic uh, views, you know. Like it is, it's. I mean, you've got to assume though we can't live in this economic prosperity or just prosperity in general forever. I just don't want to see like a worldwide holocaust, sort of worse than World War Two, or uh, like just the craziness of those times coming back. Is is it just seems so inevitable with the shrinking resources and the pool of people who are going to have to leave their um, their, their homes and their countries and the, the refugee crises that are right. going to happen in the middle of this century because of you know, uh, water shortages and you know the arable land di- diminishing year by year in Africa and India and like you know people having had like are there's going to be like mass migrations of people and then total political like hysteria and uh you know authoritarian control right that's what it's looking like yeah, i guess can, when, uh, when yeah. people are panicked they they they're easily more susceptible to being like, butchers yeah yeah or, and or genocidal and uh, put under control by, ruthless yeah scary yeah. Somebody speaks to that part of their brain yeah. once, and they just go. Once you get a taste of being real scary, it just never, it lights a fire that yeah. never goes out. It's, either, I, uh, it's like it's either them or me. Yeah. And and, and I saw people me. just turn into scary, like human monsters when I was deployed in Iraq. And I, I don't say that I, uh, you know, have, have experienced any kind of particular trauma due to serving in the war but uh some of the um things i saw what it did to people right to the people who saw shit up close and killed people up close yeah. um like they walked away from it changed yeah no doubt and uh and it was a clear change As- yeah and es- there's especially what they had to do to like kids and stuff and like i guess the the way that they were involving people that weren't yeah there there, but there were some people who like uh who who got a taste of screaming at uh strangers in iraq like holding a gun and and being like a man with a gun right and, and like having everybody being afraid that i saw soldiers just their personalities really really took to that yeah, and they and became they really, cops. They, yeah, they love it, and yeah. they and they got so mean. And they, like I, 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 I saw people in the army just like the look in their eye just turned fucking mean. Yeah, and uh, getting out of the army politicized me and made me go, "Why did I ever think that was a good idea?" Yeah, to join the army, and what was I thinking? And it made me want to read history. And uh, understand the world in a way that would make what we did sort of, you know, 
I don't know. Didn't you join around like 9-11? I joined right before 9-11. So you got that. Yeah, I remember your bit. You were all like, I joined right before 9-11. Like, yeah. Wasn't it like a month? Yeah, like three months before yeah. 9-11. Yeah, I remember and hearing Toward the that. end of basic training, yeah. it happened. And, I, and they sent you to... to uh to, I, to to Iraq. They didn't yeah. send me to Afghanistan. I went to Iraq. And and that was the thing, like, like I got I got really... Uh, like to be in the army and have that happen was crazy as well. Right. Like to have nine uh, eleven happen, and then we don't invade Afghanistan, but then we do invade Iraq, which had nothing to do with nine yeah. eleven. But then everybody in the country thinks it had something to do with it. And but it's wait a minute, they always wanted to just steal resources from uh, the whole region, pretty much, and uh, and blame it on you know, somebody that we propped up until we didn't like him anymore. Uh, in the eighties, we were the biggest Saddam Hussein supporters. Yeah. And he in, was in over country. there, like, like, I guess sort of, you know, sp- manifesting his, the, the, uh, revolution over there. Right. Was he the one that was a part, like a part of Sharia law or, or how did, no, that he was just a, like a local a dictator. dictator. He's just yeah. like a big dick. He was a big swinging dick. Yeah. Because I know that place got kind of... He was a Sunni Muslim or... Yeah. Or, or he was a... I forget if he was a Shiite or Sunni Muslim. I think... I think uh, I don't I don't remember what the... the um, Like... I know that Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein were not... I, like, I think not the same... Like, they're not in the same no. subsect of Islam. No. They were not, like, adherents of the same theology. Right. And... To think that they had any relationship ideologically to uh, they had different aims entirely. Yeah. But we had aims of control over the region, and we made the case that we had to invade Iraq for our safety because yeah, of weapons of mass destruction, destruction that never existed. And uh, that was that was crazy to see that go you know in real time, be in the army and just watch it, and then just be sent over and yeah, and then have to be yeah. in that. Like, like I'm sure that's a culture shock at a short time. Yeah. Like and uh what is it? You know, sometimes like I I think like joining the army was a really like stupid mistake for me as a so was going to school. Yeah. Seriously, owing fifty grand now. Yeah, it, it, that, that hasn't helped that. my life. Uh but uh how do you pay? The, have you paid all the debt? Or no, I paid none of it. No, oh, pay, nice. I, uh, just, just keep yeah. not paying it. Yeah, honestly. that's all I'm gonna do. Yeah, just yeah, fuck just, you. Oh, yeah, well, just yeah. die with it. Wait, I can't live any lower than I live right now. Yeah, but this I is really like, cozy. You got like Wi-Fi and like this yeah. is you got. It's yeah, not got, too cold or too hot. Oh yeah, I just live in a cozy little efficiency apartment. But yeah, the, the um, yeah, but I'm not like uh, sucking the teats of government and you know drain on society i just haven't paid my uh student loans back yeah just don't <laughs> I yeah don't. i mean there's no reason to yeah but uh i me. wouldn't but i never went to college so i but but i both of those things were like a lot of the challenges in life you you or a lot of you get involved with people and you think like well maybe i don't trust that guy but i can handle it okay maybe i don't yeah. trust what's going to happen in the army, but I can handle it. It's like, it's the devil, you know, 
or like you know, or the death, okay, these like, people are awful, and yeah, this this country handle. is awful. But I gotta, I gotta eat. I gotta do something. Yeah. I gotta be independent. I think I can handle it. Yeah. And I've gotten involved in a lot of things that it turns out you can't handle it. No, <laughs> so obviously like, not. Uh, like <laughs> you know the what they were what the evasion of Iraq was obviously traumatic for anybody that was in in that in that whole ordeal. Um, even for a lot of the families. How did your family deal with it? Were they Oh uh I don't know. I I think my family liked me more when I was a soldier. But uh they were like yeah, more proud of me. Than yeah, because like, uh... you're more um subservient, <laughs> I guess, to they, they liked it that I was a soldier and they thought like, you know Yeah, they're proud of you know yeah. it's the American dream. I got a they could put that on a bumper sticker. Yeah. That's uh, cool though. I mean that's that's and then they're not like when I got out. They're like, uh, "Well, I guess you're just a loser." Yeah, <laughs> I well, guess you're just a loser. You go live on your own in your little cozy hole and that's be the, gay. That's so. Did they not? They weren't. I'm sure they weren't too happy about that. You being um, gay? No, nah, they, they. It's not that they were unhappy. I think they're just unhappy that I'm not rich. Right. I think. I think it's just that I haven't really distinguished myself. In in some incredible way, or I, I don't have like, uh, you know, if I if I had real money, I bet I bet everybody'd be like, it's so great that you're gay, right? Yeah, but, but having no money, oh, you're gay too. Hm. Yeah, it's like a, <laughs> like, it's uh, very classist way of yeah, looking at okay. things. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. fine. You're gay, but whatever. Right, you're gay. I don't care. Yeah, yeah who cares? Who cares one way or the other? That's gonna right. be comforting though to know yeah. that like these people aren't gonna try and fuck with me and like i don't have a lot of pressure you know to like mm. i could just kind of do whatever i want yeah what does your family think of, do you do you feel like your love is uh like how much you're loved by your family depends on what you do with your life oh yeah i think so i think luckily for me my dad was always really supportive of whatever i wanted to do and like when i wanted to go into radio like there were times where i didn't get paid at all just intern and he he was like i could see it i could see you're gonna be something and he just like in his head i think that he was like he had to like tell himself all the time that i was gonna like make something yeah in my life even if i didn't he'd still probably be like man you're, you're, you can do it i, I believe in you yeah because that's kind of how like they were to him, but he did a lot of cool shit. Like he bought a lot of cars and stuff. So I guess he did kind of do good with his life. But Same, you've been, you're, what's the radio experience you have? So I worked back in 2016. I interned for 97.5 ESPN Sports Radio, and I did that. And then I started working there at about 2018. And I knew you. Do you knew Radu? Yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Radu are. Um, he also interned there, and uh, that's who kind of brought me into the, under the umbrella of comedy. Yeah, I like, remember seeing you around 2018. Yeah. hanging out with Radu. Yeah, I never was going up. I was too scared to go. I wish I did because I thought I would. I, maybe it would. I would have been a little bit further into my development, but. I don't know. I, I worked in radio at 97.5. Then I went to iHeart and worked for the uh, the corporate... The devil. Yeah, the corporate yeah. devil. The, okay. the 740 KTRH. Oh, you, you know worked it. for the fascists. Yep, you know it. Yep. But, okay. um, but you know, I, I, now I'm kind of just doing sports stuff. But I didn't really, like... 
I don't know, like they always thought that I was funny. And I always had like this, I guess they thought I had good timing or whatever, but like I never would have thought it would I I could do comedy. I always thought it was too hard. And I was going to run out of things to say and like get nervous and run off stage. Which I've done before. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> but but radio, um, that's pretty much it. I've just been doing radio for about six years, about since 2016. So, no, five years. Well, that's coming up on eight years. God damn. Oh, boy. Yeah, the year is flying by. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. AJ Hoffman and Fred Fowler kind of let, would let me jump on their show and do like quips and stuff and like. One time I talked about losing my virginity. It was very awkward, just stuff like that. And oh. I, I was yeah. like, if I could translate this into comedy, yeah, maybe people would like it. But I guess my dad heard me on the radio and was like, oh, my God. My boy. My boy's on the radio talking about getting pegged. He really mean, he's really doing it. He's you're doing really, it. You're up there, boy. He's doing you're it. You're getting there pegged there, boy. I guess that was kind of his, so proud. His, uh, his way of knowing that um so you went on a sports radio show and talked about getting pegged yeah it was crazy you don't expect it's like uh coming up next we'll talk astro's rotational needs also here's trey to talk about his losing his virginity it was very strange but it worked a lot of people loved it and uh i would kind of get more and more quips on the radio and like um but I always wanted to just do audio and just edit audio and stuff when it came to radio and like, you know, just kind of putting stuff on the internet. Like, yeah. That's what I always kind of, that was my goal. You ever wanted to be a filmmaker? Yeah, that would be great. Like, honestly, if I knew, like, I, I would all, I love the idea of like writing a show and, and making like, I like, you know, the Foley guys the people that like smash stuff against their heads to make sound effects uh, i like how they make music and shows i like soundtracks and stuff i would be awesome it would be dope to be a filmmaker i've just never yeah. had that. i've always wanted to make montages with my favorite songs and yeah. like a plot development with the uh... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happening or something. I Me don't know. too. Like, so no, I, I always see that when I like. I think we have a similar vision. I always kind of like when I wake up in the morning and I go and to the to like an open mic or something. I like hear the music playing in my head of the mm-hmm. scene of all these people and all the the drama that goes on and like they'll be talking about oh oh. I don't like. I don't think this guy likes me, and I just hear like music in my head, and I'm like, uh oh, see how this works out, and I'm just kind of like paying attention, like it's a TV. I would what, rather make like a TV. What show. song are you hearing in your head right now? Let me think. Um, I got a song. For it. Go, you go first. I don't. I'm trying. You go first, and then I'll think tell of you a mine. song, and then I'll tell you my song. All right. Okay. You think of a song. Probably uh, "Built to Spill," something by "Built to Spill." Okay. That that carry the zero by Built to Spill probably. I was thinking of Thin Lizzy. This song called Dear Heart. Really? But uh, carry the zero. I could it Built to Spill. Uh, when I didn't have access to music when I was in basic training to bring it back to the army, and because they're an old band that I listened to a lot when I was in my early twenties. Um, I didn't have any access to music, but I had 
that album memorized. Yeah, keep it like a secret. Yeah, and was it keep it perfect like a, from perfect now on? Perfect from now on. That was the one that and came out in '97, I believe, right? Yeah, there was a '97 and a '99. Yeah. Like those two albums were two of my favorite albums I, that I listened to on, but I, so much that I had them memorized, so I could listen to them without mu- like music. I could just like uh, I, I had it in my head where I could like play it in my brain. Right. Yeah. I feel that way too. Like there's a lot of songs that like I can hear it. I, I hear a lot of Jay Dilla in my head that I know like f- from heart by heart, like his donuts album yeah. usually replays in my head a lot. What's the longest you've ever gone without hearing music? Damn. That's a good question. Like, are you talking about like periodically or like yeah. the, that, I would... that basic training was the only time I went, more than two months without hearing Probably any when music. Probably I was a kid. Because, yeah. like, I've always had, like, I would always listen to the radio. Maybe that's part of my tism. But I would always listen to the radio and just, like, listen to each song. And, like, I got to where I knew when the breaks were going to come. So I don't know. I would say, like, the longest would probably be, like, two or three days. Yeah. And that happens when I'm just tired and I don't want to listen to Yeah, music. I need music all the time. I get yeah. that. I, I'll fall asleep to music a lot. Mm. I think that just my dad would always have his stereo playing. So I think that kind of was where I got it from. I always wanted to be a performer, I think. I was, I used to run around singing Bob Seger songs nice. to my uh, little uh, hairbrush microphone. I would hold the hairbrush like it was a microphone and then I'd be like, Beautiful loser. <laughs> no, it's like a big seven. Bob Seger guy. <laughs> my brother Scott loved Bob Seger, and I loved whatever my brother loved. That's crazy. And, a lot like, of people from like that time period have like a little brother that listened to really, sh- or a bigger brother that listened to like really shitty like dad rock. Type. Oh, Bob Seger's the best. I don't know what you call shitty, but the, that's, that's true. Like, I don't know why I'm, I'm like, fucking I'm, talking shit Bob about Seger's Bob Seger. Like, what do you do to me? Yeah. Uh, Bob Seger out of this. For me, it was my dad. He always listened to country. He always listened to country legends. And he would always have like a a random like... Uh, he'd have like all these... Uh, he'd have like all these country music superstars of like the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I used to hate that shit so much. But yeah. now, I, now I hear like George Strait from the 80s. And I'm like, this guy was yeah, this great. Is great. This yeah. is great music. I've always loved it because like it was my dad's. But like I get why people hated it because it is very um, one-sided type music. It's just about the same thing. Yeah, and it's and it's just connected to shitty people. Totally. Acting like assholes. Yeah, driving and, like Confederate flag. Yeah. Waving their guns. I get it. Fuck I, you. Somebody, as somebody who grew up <laughs> around those type of people, I understand why you would hate them. Because like yeah. my next, but it's door, not the music I hate. It's yeah, the, the music is great. It's the stuff attached. Yeah, to it. but like the, like, I, and I'm sure the Toby Keith music. I kind of hated that. Yeah, that that. There's I, kinda, a I hate any of the nationalist like uh, courtesy of the red, white, and blue. And Toby Keith just died. Had some good songs. Yeah. Also was an asshole. Yeah, not yeah. A, not a great guy. <laughs> yeah, kind of a dick. Yeah. Kind of always trying to challenge to fight people. Yeah, and I've been thinking about these conservatives. It's like, why are you so mad? You won. Yeah, like, like you're... You, you've you haven't won the culture war online, but all <laughs> like if you ask like any white woman, like which is the majority of this country, if you ask like most of the white women in this area. Like, how they believe, they're all going to believe the same thing, you know? It's like, 
the idea of conservatism is still very prevalent and it's not going to go away. I don't think it's white women who are the most conservative. I think it's white men. That that but, too. Uh, <laughs> I think it's white men who I think I've had are self satisfied with yeah. their with their I think we've both had bad experiences with the our kind. Like I've had the worst experiences with white women and I guess uh, you've had the worst experiences with white dudes. No. Really? Uh, I think uh I don't know what my, my, my worst, my romantic experiences. Or, or just how they've treated you. Uh, no, it's not, it hasn't been about whiteness. I think like uh, the things that have gone wrong in my life. I've, I'm aware that like things have been pretty easy because I'm a white guy. Right. Even yeah. though I'm a gay guy. Right. But I, as a cis gay guy, it's, it's been pretty smooth and I haven't really faced as much as, uh, but the people, the the white white dudes haven't been so bad to me, like as bad as they are to you know black people. Yeah. Or or white. They're women. still really annoying I, though. Yeah. yeah. It's a patriarchy. It's a racist patriarchal society. I don't disagree. And, yeah. Um, it's been proven time and time again that it is that like, I mean history shows. Yeah. The poor treatment of black people. And then also our unconscious assumptions are all racist and patriarchal and. And because it's like the air we breathe and whether we like yeah, it or it's not America. and call me a self hating liberal or whatever, but uh, it's, it's just sort of like our everyday vibe. You do kind of see it a lot. Like, um, I feel like there's certain issues y you talk to somebody who I grew up around, like they don't want to say that they're racist, but you get to certain things and the, like you hear them change. Like, cause I was, I've been around a lot of like, um, a lot of my cousins will do that. Like they'll see somebody like a white girl with like a black man and they'll get very angry about oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. They'll be like, what are they doing? You yeah. can't do that. Yeah. It's very strange. Is it like, uh, is there a, moment when you see a child become a racist like where you just see the yeah the I, racism sort of like bloom in the seven-year-old and like, sort of and then take root and you know yeah i think that um you know i as growing up i had cousins that would when obama became the president they'd be like i don't want obama to be the president because he's a muslim and i think when i saw people turn into that type of of person was around like maybe 11 or 12. Yeah. That was, I mean, I, I think that as a seven year old, you just kind of believe whatever, whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you're like, when you have access to like alternate sort of media or resources and you still think that way, it's just, it's clear that that's, you know, who you're going to be. Yeah. I'm wondering about the change in people that comes like when I was talking about that change in people you see the difference in their eyes after something shitty happens in war and they have to live with themselves afterward and the, or they find their identity in holding the gun and being angry. Yeah. Like is that the sort of change that happens amongst people who are like god damn it I'm not going to live in a country with the black president. Right. You know like like is it it's sort of the same kind of, like, yeah i think it does correlate i think to an extent a lot of those people that say oh i'm not gonna live in that type of country are less like important and they yeah. don't have a gun so you don't have to worry about them like 
going out and shooting. Well, maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. But like, I feel like a lot of the times, people with guns in the army are put in a position to where they're like, they can dictate dictate people's lives, and it's more dangerous than it is just some old dude yeah. on Facebook. But having a having an attitude and a power and identity and like a like like a voice or like a like like falling for like the slogans of the Trump rallies and stuff does give you a sense of like yeah if they like had the self that you didn't have before yeah. you could just feed into the yeah if if they had the opportunity I'm sure they'd have a, an idea of yeah. what the world would look like but I I'd like to think that you know maybe they won't get that opportunity but I don't know you never know yeah. I mean, what, what scares me though is like when I was I was trying to do as a joke yesterday it was about how like with conservatives it's like they get scarier the more they win, they get angrier the more they win. They stuff. become more aggressive. Like, yeah, they just become like more like uh, see like after you, you you take what rights away from women to have like access to abortion, right? And then now you're even more mad. Yeah, it's like it's why like, are you why why can't you relax after you get get what you want? Because I guess they feel like they if they if there's a there's some sort of line to them, it's like we gotta keep moving the line more our way, and like it's in at some point it's gonna get to a point to where it's like nobody's gonna know where the line is to where yeah. because like if you do everything you want, like there's no way to like what do you have to complain about? You but know? do you think that the line could could go toward uh, like? We, when Trump was, uh, Obama did deport more people than Trump. That is true. But Trump set up uh, concentration camps yeah, on the border. Yeah. And he set a precedent for like our first like, uh, you know, like stabbed or toe in the water of, of like execution camps and concentration camps and he did, family separation policies and like he, he does have like, a speak like, from a, a lot a, a lot more of a of a racial type yeah, narrative but, well, once you start doing stuff like that it doesn't stop no and, it, it, and once it starts getting worse then you know family separation policies yeah, of trump administration uh, i don't even think bush did that no nah, nah, yeah. like uh and like that even though Obama deported more people, what Trump did was signified like worse things. Yeah, it was less humane because yeah. Obama did like there were there were mass deportations, but they didn't break families apart, and they were more um, humane about it. I guess. Well, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, probably God. not. But I, I mean, that's what it looks but, like. Uh, yeah, that's what. But like the the media interpretation of it and then like knowing now we what well, we we do know now that the United States will allow concentration camps within our borders. You would think. Well I now mean, now we know that we can would hope we not. can do it again. Yeah. We we're like we're we're not gonna do that again after nineteen forties and yeah you know uh the I guess internment camps for the uh, Asian people the J- Japanese I guess citizens. that goes back to what you said. Then we about did it again. How things repeat themselves. Yes. But the but so, like, I get afraid because I think, like, the tea leaves are saying that things are going to get much, much worse. Right. This year. And never get better. Yeah. Do you think that 
for you, you would be you would be in a position to where you could stay uh, live a sustainable life if it gets worse like that. Or what do you think? Uh, if I don't know, like at what point do you think uh, you just give up? I don't know. I don't know either. I have that. I question that every day. Yeah. Like, like I don't um, know. It's like why even do this anymore? Yeah. Why? Why am I trying? Yeah. yeah. Like I know nobody needs me. Yeah. I guess there is sort of a freedom in that, and be like, what? Who cares? You know, it's yeah. we're just the world's gonna end soon, probably. Yeah. You know what I've been uh, into lately, or what I just uh, listened to like five episodes of in the last couple of days? Is this podcast of Michael Ian Black? Uh, called Obscure, and he reads um, the entire book Jude the Obscure by Thomas Hardy, page by page, and like comments on it as he reads like a paragraph. So it's, yeah, so he's like, so it's like a book on tape, but it's like him also like yeah. saying funny stuff, giving between, his cliff notes, and, yeah. and giving like, uh, and then just giving little asides about his life. And I love that book a lot, and it's funny to hear somebody reading it for the yeah. first time. I gotta and, check that out. Uh, and there's like a hundred episodes of because uh, it takes a long time to read that book. Yeah. It's like, uh, Michael Ian Black was the dude from uh, Dude, Where's My Car, right? No. Oh, what was he? He was in. He, he was, was on all those VH1 things. Yeah, he was in. Yeah. I love the eighties. And, and yeah, he had, he had a first TV show, The State. That was on MTV, oh, okay. and then uh, it was on Viva Variety and uh, Stella and Wet Hot American Summer. That's a and a, Reno nine one one and uh, Jake Fogelnest I think wrote on that movie Wet American Wet Hot, Hot American yeah. Summer yeah that's a great movie great good old Jake Fogelnest <laughs> yeah, it's funny funny movie one of my favorites I haven't seen it but it's got a cult oh. following well you should go watch it it's yeah. a great movie it's funny I've, a lot of things I gotta watch yeah watch watch listen to there's so much so much variety so much so much to live for yeah there is just... a lot to live for yeah. except the society <laughs> yeah there's so much entertainment it's yeah. so great at least we're all in entertained. a society that's so terrible yeah <laughs> so. which is great what is is why we have podcasts like yes yeah. to distract us okay well I'm gonna head out to uh, secret proof tonight. What are you doing tonight? I'm probably I'm going to Austin. I'm gonna go stay with my girlfriend tonight. Um, it's a little bit of an awkward situation because she just broke up with this dude. Oh, he's still living there. Oh, and you're so, coming over, and I'm coming over, and uh, but tomorrow I have like a tour of an apartment. And you're moving to Austin. That just that's to, the goal. Oh yeah, and your Kill Tony appearance went really well, right? I think. Um, did they put it out yet? Yeah, it, the the first one, the the one I did recently went good. Um, oh, you've but, done it more than once. Yeah, I just did it again. Oh, did it, that it, one comes out next week? I oh, think. You got invited to do the, uh, you know, the secret show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've um, luckily Red Band's been very um, hospitable to me. He's like, uh, come by anytime. Oh, want, which is okay. cool. So yeah. you're gonna move to Austin to uh, do stand up on the mothership and the. In the creek in the cave in the velve room and I guess that's the goal. You no, know, get get booked on the big shows, the yeah. spider house ballroom. That's where you know. Lucas does a lot. Lucas of it, McCrary. Yeah. 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 That's the goal, I guess. I mean if not, I'll just go work at a Whole Foods or something. And yeah. Just chill. Okay. Anything to be away from it like it'd just be cool to like be living on my own again and kinda have like a place like this. Okay. Like you have, you know? Yeah. I guess I guess 
I guess I, I should be more grateful. Because this is a place where you can be yourself, Bob. Yeah, this is a good place. You can't yeah. be your. There's not a lot of places that would like allow you to be yourself. Like where I'm, I'm living with my mom has really made me appreciate uh, being by myself. Yeah, when I was in the army, I couldn't be by myself. Yeah, I couldn't be myself at all. Yeah, and now yeah. you have the, this place of people that mm -hmm. love you, like Emily Peacock, that want ah. that yeah. accept you. Yeah, and I got Andy, my boyfriend, lives yeah, about a block he away. He's good. We're gonna go to the secret group together tonight. Is he gonna? He uh, he doesn't do comedy, right? No, but he's super funny. Where'd y'all meet? Grinder. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like a lot of the dudes that are like horny and get like fucking shot down on Tinder, they just go to Grinder and they're like, "All right, well, I'm getting something." Yeah, I bet that does happen. Yeah, there's a lot of download dudes. That's what you that yeah. when you mentioned that on your on your set, I saw it over at uh, that West Alabama Ice House. I was like, damn, what if all these dudes are just like trying to get something? And they just, they're <laughs> like, I'm gonna try and get a dude. I mean, I, I I'll close my eyes. It'll be like a bitch. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> no. guess yeah. it'll 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 work. Yep. But that's cool that y'all met on Grinder. I guess yeah. that's worked out well for some people. A lot uh -huh. of dudes just trying to get get uh get their dick wet. Yeah, that's mostly what it is. It's like anonymous hookup sex. Yeah. And uh it's like fast food. Is it easier to find that as a gay man I think as opposed to like a, a certainly was person? twenty years ago for me. When, really? When I was first gay, uh in the gay scene. Yeah, you had to be I was hush, like hush I was like yeah, I was like, Whoa, all these dudes want me. This right. is this must be like being like a hot woman. Yeah. Being like a like I was a pretty good looking Twenty yeah, something, probably for being in the army and shit. Yeah, I was—I I don't know. I can say it. I—I I was good looking. Yeah, and and everybody wanted to fuck me, and I got laid a lot. Good for you. And uh, you didn't <laughs> worry got, about the AIDS. Oh, I did, but yeah. I didn't care because I was suicidal. Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that'd be the, the least. Like if you yeah. got the AIDS back then and you were suicidal, it would just be like a painful would, death. Yeah, yeah it'd be like a long term death. Or just no, I. I uh, I, I didn't do a lot of uh, anal okay, stuff good, with good. random people. Yeah. I've never. That's important. Yeah. Like. It's a lesson we can all That's learn. like a relationship thing. Yeah. Like somebody you. That's the, good to have those boundaries, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'll just. We'll just that. check off together. Yeah. We'll just. Let's just. Uh, let's, let's just oral. Yeah. We but, just. Uh, oral didn't even feel like sex. It was like, oh, I had a hundred dicks in my mouth. So it was you doing it. Yeah. yeah all was, right. Yeah. That's respectable. So you asked who the. You know, it wasn't white men let me down. White men have been very, yeah. White men have been very good. Well, to that me, makes sense. Putting their dicks in my mouth. Yeah. But all kinds of men have been very good to me. I guess if you putting think, their dicks in my mouth. But if you think of it from a different perspective, yeah. it's like if the way I'd think about it is white men weren't good to you. They just they, you just blew them. Okay, but that was good. That was, yeah, that but was that's what, what I you're wanted. into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I guess we look at it from different. Uh, yeah. I look at it from a, a, a dude that doesn't want to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. That's cool, though. I'm glad that you, you had a lot of good... And I'm glad that Andy dude... Lot. Yeah. Is he, he's, he seems like a, a, a good guy. I've seen him around. Yeah, Andy's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good that you're happy yeah. and in a stable relationship. And you have your own slice of happiness here with a TV screen and a dresser that you wrote a lot of words on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm really excited though. Like, uh, I, I kind of just uh, peek behind the curtain. Um, I kind of just hit Bob up and I said, "I demand to be on your on the healing club." Yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, uh, 
Just send me a message saying, I demand to be on the Healing Club. Because I listened to the one with the the last one you put out. With Tess? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I want to be on. Good. Now. I'm glad that that's, I want more people to be on the Healing Club. They should be. And yeah. like, uh, I, I think that it's a, it's a good, uh, it's sort of a good introspective type of uh, podcast yeah. where you can heal. It's funny. It's, I think some of it's funny. I think so. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it, yeah, I think a lot of it's situationally funny but it's a good place to i guess reflect yeah and that's what i feel like i've done thanks trey thanks for thanks for thanks for demanding to be on the healing club thank you for um heeding to my demands and letting me on to the healing club good luck in austin thank you i appreciate it okay Uh, all right well bye